0: and the team do such a great job and the missionaries out there. And Did you know my sister was a missionary in Bolivia? Oh, there you go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. It's, it's life to us, oh God. And I just pray tonight that as I speak, oh God, from your word that you breathe the Holy Spirit life as people hear it, Lord, and it'll spark something within them, oh God, and that'll be faith. Faith will grow and increase, oh Lord, and that, that Lord, as they ponder about the end of this year and they go into 2024, oh God, that, that Lord, there'll be something deposited in them, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, science has finally caught up with the Bible. Scientists have recently discovered something that can dramatically alter the course of your life. Scientists have shown us in studies recently that this attitude will improve the following. It'll improve your physical health, This will activate all the chemicals in your brain, the dopamine, the serotonin, the ones that give you joy in your brain. You don't have to do exercise. This is a serotonin uh, thing that happens in your brain with this attitude. It enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Scientists have shown us that this works. This has shown positive positively affect on personal relationships as well. This improves your sleep. This relieves your stress. And the best part of it, it's 100% free. You don't have to do anything to get this, and if you don't want it, there's something wrong with you. And it is gratitude gratitude. Today, I want to speak on having an attitude of gratitude. As we come and we're coming to the end of this year, I believe there's so much that we could be have so much gratitude unto the Lord for. You know, the followers of Jesus uh, were, were constantly showing gratitude as they followed Him. And we need to to also do the same thing. Well, I'm so glad that science has finally caught up with the Bible. For decades and years, the Bible has been talking about being grateful. Gratitude is something, gratitude does something to us. And as Christians, we should be leading the way. Thankfulness should constantly be followed by a heart of gratitude. So I wanna to talk to you about the Shuman. There was a Shuman who lived in Samaria. He was a Samaritan. The Samaritan is not probably a liked class of people. They were a mixed race. They had some Jewish in them and then they had some pagan in them. Pretty much of a mixed race they were. They had Jewish half and Gentile the other half. Um, and they were classified as the half-caste. They were a mixed-up race. The Jews thought they were mixed up and messed up. They had a pagan religion, and uh, their doctrine was some Jewish religion and some pagan religion, so it made them quite mixed up and messed up in their faith. The Jews were just... Honestly, try and keep away with them as much as they could because they were known as the outcasts. One morning, this shoeman wakes up. I'll call him Joe the shoeman. And Joe wakes up a normal morning. He has a little, owns a small little business as a shoe repair store in Samaria. And he wakes up in the morning, does his daily tasks, and he goes to the bathroom and he begins to wash. Himself, And as he washes himself in the basin, he begins to see a discoloration in his skin. He begins to see this skin falling off. He begins to be welled up with fear because he knows what this could be, this disease. He knows what it could be and he begins to panic because he knows what the end result is going to be. This disease that he got is leprosy. Leprosy is known as a disease that basically kills you. Your skin falls off, your limbs fall off, your fingers fall off, your ears fall off, Different parts of your body begin to fall off. It's a deterioration of the skin and the body. It's deformed, that you become deformed. And they're they're known to be, even in this day, in some parts of Africa and India, colonies where the lepers go to live. He's thinking, how am I going to tell my wife? He was only 30 with two kids, a boy and a girl. And he knew. He was the only provider. And he knew what this meant. He wakes his wife from a distance. He didn't go and touch her because this is a highly contagious disease. And he says, Mary, 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 I've got it. I've got leprosy. She said, no, no, let's go to the priest. The priests were known as doctors. They're the ones who determine whether you have the disease or not. And she said, let's just go and ask. Let's just go and see. It might not be that. It might be a new disease that's just come out. But he knew, he knew what it was. As he went, yes, the confirmation that it was leprosy He couldn't pack his bags. His wife had to pack his bags. He couldn't hug his kids. His wife left the bag near the door and from a distance, he's crying. He's saying, I'm sorry. He's pent up with emotion, fear. You imagine if that's you right now. You're never gonna see your kids again. They're never gonna be able to hug you, touch you, and kiss you. He gets his bag and he goes to the leper's colony, which is way out in the wilderness, away from everyone. You see, all his life now, as on his way to the leper colony, he's gotta go unclean. Unclean, 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 unclean. Because it was, they had to ring a bell to tell everyone around them not to come close because they had leprosy. It was so highly contagious. You get over COVID, but you don't get over leprosy. And he rang that bell every time he gets to the colony. And he's in there with all the other different people who've got this dreaded disease, leprosy. You know, over time, he makes friends with nine other guys. Have a little bit of a, you know, let's make the best of it while we're still alive. And uh, and they hang out and they hang around. and, And they were Jews, the other ones were all Jews, so they accepted him as the outcast boy in the group and they one of the Jews let's name him Peter begins to hear commotion people talking people screaming in a good way and so he peers over the fence because this is isolated colony and in the de- in the Distance, he begins to see a crowd of people around this man. Oh, no way. That's that man Jesus. So he gets off. He hasn't got he's got one leg. So he hops because he's got leprosy. And he goes, he goes, Joe, it's that man Jesus. He's here. This is our chance. Tom, Larry, Ben, Charlie, Sam, come. They all come and they all peering over the fence and there he is. Peter says, I remember that man. I was in the crowd when he put mud, he spat in some mud, put it on this kid's eyes, then washed his eyes out and he could see. That's the same one. It's just wearing a different cloak, but that's the one. <laughs> then Tom goes, oh, I was there when that naughty woman came, fell to the ground, talks to us all, says he with the first stone who has no sin, cast the first stone. Man, I just to get out of there, that was creepy. Tom, he goes, isn't that the one that healed that commander, J- J- Jared? 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 Jarius's daughter. That's the one. Wow. But Tom, Joe, the Schumann, he goes, I remember him. He came to our town in Samaria. Apparently, this woman who we all knew, she had five husbands, the one that she was with wasn't even her husband. She told us, she came running out. Well, she shouldn't have been running around with us. She came and she said, there is a man, I saw a man. And they're like, yeah, another one. (laughs) No, no, this man. When I went to the well, when you guys weren't there, and I was drinking and feeling so bad, he said to me, "You can drink of this water, and you'll thirst no more." Do you know? As I took a drink of that water, something happened. He changed my life. Joe, remember? I remember. She, Samir. What's he doing? He should not be in Samaria, but Jesus goes to the places that no one wants to go to, does he? So, they begin. Let's, let's shout on one, two, three, okay? We know what to shout. We've done this before, but to the wrong man. Let's shout. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. (laughs) Jesus comes, he hears them, he comes. Doesn't get a pile of mud and throws it at them. Just says a couple of words, doesn't touch them, doesn't hug them. Doesn't high-five them, but he just says, go to the priest. Go to the priest and show yourself to him. All right. (laughs) Off they go to the priest. All of a sudden, an arm is there. A leg is there. Joe's got no discoloration and fingers back, ears back. He's like, I I have to. Uh, Guys, I have to go back. I have to go back. And they're like, No way. You know, you know, there's eight days of uh, clear cleansing when we go to the priest anyway. Why are you wasting your time? I've got to go back to Jesus and off the nine and and, and Joe Schumann Joe he comes back and he comes to Jesus can't believe it he's like I'm actually really healed I'm actually good does this mean I get to see my wife and my Kids again. He comes to Jesus, throws himself at his feet as you would. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well, now go. I picture Jesus going. Your faith has made you well, now go. Let's read the story without paraphrasing, paraphrasing it in Nina's version. Luke 17, 11 to 19, as Jesus continued onward towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. I want you to know, this is actually Jesus. He's, he's leaving, it's the last week, and he's going to Jerusalem to be crucified. Some of his last, finest works of healing is on his way back. But he's not supposed to be in Samaria, but Jesus always goes to the places that no one wants to go to. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priests and they Went and they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give? Glory to God, except you, you foreigner. He was polite, he didn't call him outcast. Jesus notice notices the lack of gratitude. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You know, the Greek word and translation for this, your faith has healed you, Is the the term Zozo, Zozo, S O S Z O, refers to a spiritual salvation. This man not only got healed, but he got saved. A spiritual salvation he received. Gratitude is an attitude. Gratitude leads to thankfulness, and this is what we see in this story. The other nine left, but this man started with a gratitude, I need to thank him. Gratitude is learning how to appreciate what you have today and it brings that satisfaction. I've never ever come across, maybe you have a humble, and kind, ungrateful person yet. If you are grateful, you're joyful. The happiest people on earth are grateful people. And a lot of them are Christians because they understand salvation. They understand the goodness of God. Ask yourself tonight, are you a grateful person or are you an ungrateful person? If you're a grateful person, I bet you're a happy person. You focus on what you have and not what you don't have, you're a grateful person. Grumbling people, you tend to avoid. Or maybe just I do. (laughs) Grumpy old men, there's a saying. I've met some of them, I avoid them too. People always complain generally, are miserable people, have you met those people? Don't put up your hand. Might be next to you. So what are the benefits of being a grateful person? And what are the pitfalls of ungratefulness? Number one, ungratefulness fuels entitlement. I'm sorry, guys, I'm going there. If you're a parent of kids, you understand this very well. I've seen this with my kids many times. I've seen this with other kids. There's always an expectation of more, give me more. Got the Xbox, now I want the Xbox Plus Plus Pro (laughs) 2. It's like it's your duty to give them everything they want, right? I've seen this classic where where parents have given their kids a new car because they just got their license. I've seen that car six months later, it's trashed. And then I've seen parents who can't afford much, but they've given a little bit to help with the car. That car's pristine, clean. And those who don't have any money to give to their kids for a car, the car's a bomb, but let me tell you, they keep it nice and clean. The nine lepers had this kind of response. Jesus is the healer. It's His duty to heal me, right? Of course, I'm sick, He's a healer. He needs to heal me. Entitlement. Of course He healed the blind man, He can heal me. So off they go to their back to their old lives, with not even a glimpse to look back back at Jesus. You know, I saw an attitude of entitlement many years ago when I was working for a boss and he gave us five days off uh, paid. His pay, he paid us and he gave us five days leave and it was, it was good, it was great. Who, who doesn't like paid leave without of your holiday pay, right? The year after, he never gave us five days pay leave, right? Everyone grumbled, Everyone was like, how dare him not give us five days' leave and he pay for it. (laughs) See, and that's why some bosses, you know, get a bit nervous to give something because there's more wanted. Gratefulness makes things better in your life. Gratefulness makes things better in your life. Number two, entitlement eliminates happiness. I wanna show you through this illustration that I have. Put that there. Right. So in our lives, the, call these good things, good things that happen in our lives. And what happens, I'll call this the hand and the heart, okay, hand and the heart of receiving good things. and. Um, these, this is good things. We all get good things in our life. And so when we get good things, what happens in our heart, we get a good thing in our lives and it's, oh, thank you, Lord, for that healing. Thank you for that promotion. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my kids. They're great. They are so good. But then after a while, we tend to let the good things fall through our hands and heart because we go, well, that never happened. Why didn't that happen? I need more good things. And eventually, we let the good things of our life just fall through the hand and the heart of our life. So we're more good things. Oh, Lord, I I really need that new job, that promotion. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, that boss, he's just terrible. Why did I get this job and promotion? falls through the hands of our hands of our heart. Oh, Lord, give me more good things. Good things, Lord. I love you, God. Can you heal me of that cancer? Why have I still got cancer? Why have I still got this? You're not a healer like you say you are. And that's what happens is we allow Things to fall, the good things of our life to fall through our hand and our heart of receiving, and over time we become entitled. We need more. We want more. God doesn't do this for us. It's not fair. It's not right. We become empty-handed. It's just what happens, and eventually we don't have any good things in our hands because we allow uh, we we allow what I call entitlement to settle into our hearts and into our lives. And what happens is that entitlement comes in. And really, we, I've got a plastic box here, but entitlement in real life goes into the void of blackness and it just keeps disappearing. It's a tub of entitlement. Whenever you get a good thing, it's good for a while, It's wonderful, so good, you tell everyone, but then over the course of time, those good feelings fall through your hands and your heart. Those blessings are no longer blessings. They fall through your hand of your heart and you end up empty handed. You know what amazes me? So many people over the generations live like this. They get a miracle, you see them in church. After two years, they never get the second miracle. Where are they? Oh, they're gone. Because Jesus is no, re- not, no longer relevant. Or they get saved. It's really good. A guy comes along, takes them away. Who, who? God? Jesus? What? Nah. Because entitlement eliminates happiness. Even though you may have good things in your life, such great blessings, wonderful things, but you can get empty-handed and empty-hearted. You know why? It's because you let them fall through the hand of your heart. They don't stay there long enough. God doesn't want us to let them fall, those blessings, those goodness, those promotions, the things that he's come through with us through the fingers of your hands everybody from every generation struggles with this my third point is gratitude brings lasting happiness entitlement eliminates happiness but gratitude brings lasting happiness and i want to show you how this works when you have good things in your life and you go oh thank you lord for for your blessings, thank you, God. You are so good, Lord. And yes, this is a hard time, but God, you still have carried me. You're still holding me. You're still with me. I know you've never forsaken me. I know you'll never leave me. And what happens is this comes into the heart of our lives and we begin to store it up his blessings, his goodness, his provision, his love for us. It's hard still. Where did that cancer come from? Oh, but Lord, I know you've promised me that in the difficult times, you are closer than a friend. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're always gonna be with me. My husband leaves me. He doesn't love me anymore. But Lord, I know you'll never leave me. You're a husband to me. When he leaves, you're going to be my husband. God, I never expected my wife to die. That wasn't what I expected. I prayed and believed that she would come through but God, you obviously got a bigger and better purpose in my life. And so what happens is we begin to allow the blessings of God to continually fill our hearts so much that we become joyful people. We become people who overflow with the goodness and the blessings of God that we cannot contain the good things that God has done in our life. You see, we all have all different situations. I know this year for me particularly has been a hard year, just unexpected things, disappointments, knockbacks, just different things that I've gone, okay, I've got a choice here. I have a choice. I have a cry, because girls cry. I have a cry. I go, God, I don't understand this. But God, there's always purpose that you bring out of tragedy, hardships. And I begin to live with an overflowing of gratitude that he is with me and he won't leave me and he will sustain me. You're storing up your gratitude. That's what the leper did. He went back, he was thankful, but he was first filled with gratitude and then he was thankful that he threw himself at Jesus' feet. The more you store up your gratitude, the more you will overflow. So eventually you'll have a full heart, like this full cup. You know, it's amazing that sometimes, for some people, it's still not enough. They live with these few beads, and they're like, "Why, why haven't I got the blessings? Well, this person decided to store all their blessings and not let them fall through the hands and the heart of their life and let them fall. I know people who don't have many good things, I was talking to my nephew, my nephew is with his very young family, like his baby is six months and then four and I think six years old, and he's serving as a missionary for a, a number of months in, his, in Timor, and I was able to talk to him on, on FaceTime, and I said, how's it going, James? And he goes, honey, Nina, I just don't get her. He goes, these are the happiest kids. And he said, look, and they're all around his house. They're playing in the mud. They're filthy as, and he goes, and yeah, I can't reconcile that people back at home just complain and complain and want the latest things and their kids are He goes, I've just seen a side of life of kids who are happy and grateful for the sticks and the mud." It's done something in him. And I hear this even when the team comes back from Cambodia. They come, they come back so charged up and blessed because they see these kids have not much. These people have little to eat, but yet they are grateful when they get that bag of rice, yeah. that soy sauce. Kippy mayo, I hope. You know, like they're grateful because to them they learned to live with a little bit and store it with a heart of gratefulness and overflowing. So understand, entitlement eliminates happiness. Entitled people are never happy. Gratefulness brings lasting happiness. It did for Joe the Schumann, as the leper, he was forever grateful to Jesus. You know, and Jesus makes note of it too in that scripture. He says, where are the other nine? Saying like, you've come back, you've shown gratefulness, where are the other nine? I would have been ticked off if I was Jesus. I would have tried to undo the healing. No, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Aren't you glad I'm not Jesus? (laughs) You know, Jesus drives this point again with the master, the boss, and he has workers come in. One came at nine, one came, I think, at two, one came at five or four, right? And he says, to each one of them, guys, you can come and work for me, but this is what I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you $10 for the day. $10 you work tonight. night. If you work at 9 o'clock, $10. You're working at 12 o'clock, $10. You're working at 3 o'clock and we finish at 3.45, $10. dollars Right? right, they're all, good, yeah? We're happy with that, that's great. Comes to the payday, guy at 9 gets his $10. He's, he's happy because he was happy that he got what he's, promised. Guy at 12 o'clock gets $10. Guy at nine o'clock going, I've been here four hours longer than him. One at 3.30 or three o'clock knocks off at 3.45, gets $10. They're up in arms. How dare you pay him 45 minutes of work? The same as me. Ungratefulness. Jesus is telling the story, the parable I told you all that's what was going to happen. But what are they? They're angry with the owner because they were entitled, apparently, to what they thought they had to get. We did this thing with the kids as they were growing up. Uh, You can try it if you want. Kids won't be happy, but it works. So we did not want entitled kids. We did not want... Grumpy kids, we wanted to raise grateful kids. And so some days Mark would come home with a a, a soft serve for Jack and not for Rachel and Tori. And they're like, that's not fair dad. But he would do it on purpose because he was trying to teach them, let's be happy for Jack. Today Jack gets a soft serve. Maybe tomorrow you'll get, or next week, or next year you'll get something right? Next year comes along, Rachel gets, Rachel gets, uh, what does she get, Mark? She gets, can't remember what Rachel likes, she's left us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She gets something, she gets a treat, right? And Jack goes, how come she gets a treat? Ungrateful servant, how come she gets a treat? How quick he forgot, right? But what we were trying to teach, and we have taught our kids to be grateful for those who get something, not to complain and go, I should have got that promotion. Well, maybe God doesn't want you to get that promotion because that promotion is terrible for church life, for serving the Lord, for your family, for enjoyment. See, do you understand where I'm coming at? Sometimes we want something, but God goes, I've got something better. Call your jets. (laughs) Always to be happy for the other one who gets something good. Number four, gratitude overflows to others. We all want to be around those people, don't we? I I meet some people and they're just happy people because they're grateful people. They go, oh, you should have heard what God did this week. Oh, that person, my neighbour did this. And they're always grateful, 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 grateful. I love hanging around grateful people because they're not whingers. They're not miserable. They're happy because they're grateful. I don't know about you. Maybe you like hanging around miserable, unhappy people, but I don't. I love people who show Gratitude. And what happens is that when we are around people in our full heart heart of good things, what happens when we are around grateful people, some of our blessings go into them because you share, you're happy. That gratefulness goes into you and you get to receive what they have. The blessing flows onto you. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's great. But no, needy people want more. Yeah. Oh, how come I never got that blessing from God? Yeah. You know, I used to be really embarrassed when God yeah. blessed me yeah. with something and I literally would be so, embla- so embarrassed that say, I saved really hard for years. I started working at 14. I think I'm ready for retirement. Yeah. Anyway. And I worked hard, and, uh, but I would never tell people that. Like, I would just go, well, I worked hard, so I brought this new car, right? But I would never tell people because I was really embarrassed. I would shy away from telling them how I got the car or then I over-explain how I got the car and I avoided the question because what happened is I was embarrassed and then one guy, one, one guy, one day... God challenged me and he says, "Why aren't you grateful for my blessing? Yeah. Yes, you've worked hard, but I've given you the energy and all that you need to work hard. Right. And so what happens is when needy people come around and they don't have what you have, they begin to get jealous and then they get one good thing and they can't hold on to it because what? they need more, more but the person with a good-hearted, open heart who's very grateful they become, again, overflowing with gratefulness. Have a heart of gratefulness. Stay away from needy friends if you can't change them. Let your heart overflow with God's goodness and gratefulness and you see how God's blessing will continually be outpoured. Why? Because he sees you're grateful. You have a heart that is grateful. Gratitude always blesses, not the receiver, but the giver of thanks. We think gratitude blesses the one that you say thank you to. Jesus, he didn't care. I mean, he did make note of it, but he was secure. He was cool, but he knew that what it did to that leper was greater than anything. Luke 17, 15, 16 says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Who benefited more? The Samaritan. This is really important because our world has made it all about the other person. The other person's the beneficiary. I'm not saying you don't say thanks, you're not grat- you are not know, have gratitude. I'm not saying that, it's good to do. It's, but you gotta understand when you give gratitude, when you are thankful, you are blessed. You feel good. You stock up your heart of gratitude. The Samaritan, was the only one that was blessed, not the nine, they left. The Samaritan received healing and salvation. How good is that? Not the other nine, he got healed from the incurable disease just like the others, but he got salvation as well. They just had their eyes on, I've got to get back to my life. I've got to get back to my kids. I've got to get back to my job. I've got to get back to my wife. I've got to get these eight days over and done with, with the cleansing. They forgot. They not forgot. They just were dismissive and entitled with their miracle. But the one guy who got healed, Joe the Schumann. His beads never went into the tub of entitlement. They were stored up. And that allowed him to receive more from Jesus and that was salvation. Who benefited more? Joe the Samaritan. Attitude of gratitude. Let's always have that. Let's always have that. You know, I wanna bring an application to you Tonight, and perhaps a bit of a challenge this year. We've had all sorts of things happen in our life. I can have the musos to come. We've had all sorts of things happen in our lives this year good, bad. Sometimes it's really hard to be grateful for the hard times that we've had. You know, every morning I wake up and I take my first breath, and it's like, Thank you, God, for another day. I'm so grateful for another day. Thank you, God. Can I encourage you to have that attitude? Every time you take the first breath, thank you, God, for another day. A new exercise I wanna give to you in 2024. It's not new ab exercises. It's not a new diet. It's not uh, leg lifts or anything like that. I wanna put a challenge out to you. Your new exercise, it only takes five minutes of your day, and that is to give thanks to God first. Text someone, tell them how much you appreciate them. With your spouse, you know, tell them how much you're grateful for them, how much you love them, how much you appreciate. When Mark mows the lawn, thank you, honey, I really appreciate it. the lawn looks so good mowed. Right? Of course it's his job. <laughs> but I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm grateful. You know, Jack, when he was 17 years old, in his last year 12, did a, a, a thing that it's, it's, it's in my drawer and I look at it and read, read it and it's probably the best thing that Jack could have ever given me and never cost him anything because I think they gave him the paper and the ink. <laughs> but he wrote a letter to me, thanking me, and he wrote, wrote one to Mark. Oh, Mark probably has lost it. But to me, organised hoarder here, but to me, those words meant so much. His gratitude of my sacrifice in bringing him to school, sitting him with homework, being tortured by his attitude. Perhaps you're, you're someone here and you can write your parents a letter just thanking them your gratitude your appreciation tell them if you have nothing better to say to your mum say mum thanks you always feed me it's always a cooked meal there's washed clothes but I'm sure you can find a bit more than that to say tell people who help you how much you appreciate them take time out and take someone for a coffee you know this is a powerful thing for you Young adults, teenagers, maybe if you've got a job, this will help. If you get pocket money, it might help. Is take your parents out and you pay for them. Take your parents out (laughs) and you pay for them. No, I mean it. I know it's our duty as parents to pray, pay for our kids to the day they die, it seems like. But hey, how? what a wonderful act of gratitude to pay for a coffee at least for your mum. <laughs> I'm staring. He's good. I think Tiana's great. <laughs> no, he's good. He's good. Take time to thank God specifically, not just for the good things, but also for the difficult things. Sometimes we wanna get them out of our mind. God, I thank you that even though we went through that hard time, you're with me. Your word encouraged me, brought comfort to me, showing gratitude. Thank you, God, that you'll turn this tragedy into something good. Instead of having an empty heart, Have a full heart, an overflowing one. Gratitude. Gratitude. Practice gratitude. Practice to have an attitude of gratitude. Five minutes a day. doesn't take long. You can do it while you're eating lunch or dinner, when you're having your devotions. Which one will you be known as? Joe the Schumann? On the nine that left. I want to be known as Joe the Schumann. Through myself. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me right now? We're going to sing this song. And it's a great song. Faith, I'm actually going to get you and the team to sing it. We're not going to sing this song. I want you to take a moment. We're going to close very soon. I want you to take a moment as they sing this song, Give Thanks. I want you to have a heart of gratitude. Try and think of some things that you are grateful to God for. You're breathing right now. I'll start you off. Thank you for life. Okay? And as they sing, begin to thank. Have a heart of gratitude. Fill your hand and your heart with overflowing. Thank you, Faith. We thank You. We thank You for Your mercy. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your salvation. We thank You for Your goodness to our lives. We thank You that as we walk through the valley valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil for You are with us. We thank You that You stick closer than a brother. We thank You that we never flee to fear for Your right hand. will sustain. We thank You that You'll provide for us. We thank You that You can provide us a sound mind, oh God. We thank You that You heal our bodies. We thank You for Your provisions and health, oh God. Your provisions in finances, oh God. We thank You for our good friends. We thank You for those, oh God, that Lord, perhaps are not such good friends, but You put them in our lives so we can minister to them. We thank You for our husbands and our wives. We thank You for our parents and our brothers and our sisters. We thank You, oh God. You're a good God and we give You praise. And Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that we would be, Lord, people, Christians, individuals with an attitude of gratitude, with a heart overflowing with gratitude. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you.